service. Go, 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 go. Welcome to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast with your host, Daryl Duvall. Join him every week with a guest co-host and special guest. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Google Play, Google Podcast, Facebook Live, and last, YouTube. Discuss the most current sports news, bold, insightful interviews on business, culture, and sports. Like from them, in reality, no, my... my my black biological father was was six foot eight, six foot seven. So let's not act like, you know, that's not how it was. But when it comes down to it, the football is just kind of new on the island as well. It's not important. The bed, the number one sport over there is soccer. Um, some other sports, you know, you can talk about rugby, track, um, cross country, things like that. And don't get me wrong, they have football players and football teams, and a lot of youth who aspire to reach the goal that I have. And I'm not saying that's not achievable at all, because in a sense, that's kind of what the dream is, right? That's why we have the camp out there once a year with my foundation and everything. But, and you know, we get to be interactive with the kids, but it's just, it's not a priority. So no, to be the first Chamorro to be drafted from the island of Guam, it's, it's, I'm very, very proud of it. I I take it on, like I said, um, I love those kids. You know, just as much as I love my the kids from my hometown in Tacoma, Washington, um, just like I love kids everywhere. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like the guy with the weird van, but that's just that's how it is. So, you know, again, we got Zach Banner uh, plays for Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and, you know, again, kicking off uh, NFL season starting tomorrow, you know, with the Houston, Texas and uh and Chiefs into the Chiefs. When do y'all play? Sunday. Monday night football, prime time. Football. Who y'all playing? The Giants. The Giants. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm excited. Oh, so um, you know, I kind of wanted to. I, I kind of brought that up, so I want to bring in Kelsey on some stuff, and then I'm gonna kind of we kind of going back and forth. So uh, let me let Kelsey kind of take it over since you don't think I'm taking over everything. Thanks again for joining. <laughs> I'm excited to tag team with you for the first time, Daryl. Yeah. And just bouncing off of your first answer, I think it's so inspiring that you are the first. I think you hold just a special significance being the first. So when you step onto that football field on Monday night, I mean, how do you, how do, how has your identity just played a factor into who you are, Zach, as both a football player on and off the football field? And what do you hope people see from you? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think um, I think one on the football field when I put the helmet on. I want uh, a fun but serious. It's, a di- it's different with the offensive line, right? Like we're not like doing the touchdown celebrations unless we're over there and you're not too far away from the end zone. You know what I mean? Because that's a lot of work. It's a lot of wasted energy sometimes. Um, but just I want to be able to move people. I want to be able to, 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 to obliterate, to be able to just smash, right? And then when I take the helmet off, you see the smile, you see the fun. You see, hopefully, the character. That's that's the most important thing. Um, that's it's. It, there's a mix of. I just want to be a good dude, do a lot of good things off the field, and do a lot of good things on the field in a, in a short summary. But it doesn't. Football just doesn't. I don't want it to define me. Um, if anything, I want my my nonprofit organization, B3 Foundation. I want that to define me. I want my community work to define me, and then I want you to be able to put a resume. And the little bottom ticker, he was able to accomplish these certain things in football. Wow. 
absolutely love that, Daryl. Again, you did very good with bringing Zach to this. I know Daryl wants you to ask a question, but I feel like we might as well get into it. Your B3 Foundation, you guys just recently gave away 1,900 backpacks uh, with school supplies for students, and you talked about your hometown of Tacoma, Washington. You also did it in Guam and Los Angeles. So what did that mean for you, for your foundation, to get kids ready for this unique school year, of course, that we'll be having due to COVID-19? Isn't it crazy? Like, I'm lucky I only have a 150-pound Great Dane, right? I don't have kids. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to come home and worry about whether or not they've been safe, whether or not they've gone to school, whether, you know, all these things and still play football, like some of my other my teammates and colleagues and coaches. I do feel, though, I feel that that sadness and that stress I just, everyone feels it, right? And if, if you don't feel it, then you haven't left the house. You know what I mean? And um, I want to be able to help that situation. It's a pandemic. Whether or not you agree with it or disagree with it. It's a pandemic. for and, and there are a lot of people who don't have as much money as I do, who don't have the resources as I do, who don't have the same opportunities as I do, but they grew up in the same neighborhoods I did. And, and, and all these things. So I want to be able to just take care of those kids because, you know, as best as I can and best as my foundation can. And, and you know, it's, it's an honor to be able to do it, but we didn't do it for the likes. We did it for the kids. I love that. Darryl, I'll let you follow up from that. I love that. We didn't do it for the likes. We do it for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> it was for the gram. It was for the babies. We 100% love it. for the younglings. <laughs> so, you know, uh, again, this is Daryl Duvall with Chalk Talk, uh, co-host Kelsey, and, um, you know, in, in uh, speaking to Zach Banner of Office Alliance for the Picture of Steelers. So, you know, I want to kind of bring this up on, you know, you talked about your social initiative and you brought up Jewish, to, you know, we, that Jewish community kind of comes out. And when you kind of bring your name up, I mean, that's the first thing because of, I mean, athletes, now they know they have a platform to speak about. And so how do you feel, and I listen to how you talk about basically your platform and getting that word out. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, kind of initiate, kind of kind of go back over the stuff that you actually talked about, how athletes are taking it to a next level and making a difference. Yes. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's just – as a 26-year-old man, I even know I didn't even play in the 80s. I didn't play in the 90s. You know what I mean? I was a 93 baby. Like, I just hear the stories of the progression of sports. I, yeah, I watch the same 30 for 30 films and the same I read and also am blessed enough to play for not only USC but play in the National Football League and especially play for the Steelers where a lot of the older guys come back, the old heads come back, the OGs, and they, they, they tell us these things. The National Football League, especially, has progressed very, very, very far from what it used to be. Right. And it's crazy that it takes all the way to get to 2020 when there's people that look like the three of us for this in this league for as long as it has been. It's crazy that it has to get wait to 2020 until we're – permitted to speak but it's a blessing and I appreciate that quote-unquote permission when the when Mr. Rooney's a great guy our owner 
But when a when a when a when an older white gentleman like himself, who is as powerful as he is, and and has the experience, his family on the Steelers since 1933. His dad did a great job, I'm pretty sure, and and his family just have done a great job with the Steelers and bringing it up. But when somebody like him steps in your team meeting and Zoom just like we're doing, and says, "Hey, you know, a lot of this stuff is." I know it's hurting you guys. I feel your pain to listen to our stories. For him to say, if, as long as you're representing the, the brand correctly, I, I stand by you and I got your back. You can say in comparison to my teammates and the rest of the NFL that I kind of ran away with that. Right. But in reality, it's not. That's just who I am. Um, I, had a, I had a good year last year um, on the field, which – as you guys know, well, you know, in sports, you have to be able to earn it there first before you, you know, you can't just be a, a guy and just start talking all, all, off the field if you're not taking care of business as work. I think that falls into everybody's profession, not just professional sports. But there's a certain type of, um, like, oh, this is a black and brown man, a certain sense of responsibility that I either have to accept or I have to deny. At that moment, when he said that, I said it in front of my team, which is why, you know, a lot of our, our team also has a committee, subcommittee, social injustice committee. That is very, it's taking off in a new flavor because guys just feel a pressure off their shoulders. And I'm a part of that committee. And, and, and I, I speak out a lot and I have conversation. I think I've earned a lot of respect from the guys, which is awesome because I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it about us. I want to have these conversations, but we were all, we're, you know what I mean? We're doing what we're doing right now. We weren't allowed to be in the same building. Right. We weren't allowed to be in the same room. So, so a lot of the stuff, especially speaking out, out against anti-Semitism. Um, first of all, I didn't even know what anti-Semitism was. Like, I just saw some wrong stuff. And I've said that before. It's like, this is wrong. Let's speak up. And I, and I get my personal story in terms of the Jews and their group and how I felt in relation to them because one, as a black man, as a minority, but two, I have... Jewish friends who I call brothers at USC from USC and for, not only from USC, but just that I've met along the road and I hear some of the crap that they have to go through. So it just, let's not bring someone else down. And that kind of like sparked up the voice and everybody's like, you know, let's not bring ourselves down as black and brown people try to bring ourselves up. And that kind of caught fire, obviously, which I'm glad it did because we were able to get a lot of donations and stuff from my foundation, which was enabled us to, to, to do those awesome backpack drives and future work that we plan on doing. So I just, in, in all on social media, I keep it real as, as best as I can, as best as I can. So it's just, it's one of those type of things, like we said earlier, it's not for the likes. Yeah, it's real. I think that's just so powerful. Um, Zach, you talking on that because I think for one, when you came out and talked about it, we hadn't heard as many black men talking about um, that issue. I think you kind of addressed that, and especially to speak up. And I, I love what you said, you know, it wasn't an attack on Deshaun Jackson. He's somebody that's obviously well known in the football community, right? Like we followed his work. I had a chance to cover him here in Washington. But I think you talked to your personal experiences, you know, having gone to school with Jewish people at USC, um, having teammates, uh, USC alumni, you, you even touched on the USC, I mean, uh, in Pittsburgh, the synagogue shooting, yeah. um, which was a difficult year, I think, believe back in 2018. And I think now, you know, the country's trying to heal. And I think you speaking up and speaking out and making sure that you were educated on the issue was huge. And I'm just wondering when you, when you spoke out 
do you hope it in some way maybe inspired other NFL players? Because it's no secret that the NFL is majority uh, black men that are playing the game. Do you hope that they listened to your message and kind of took what you said and saw that, you know, we're all in this together. Obviously, the black race as a whole is facing something, but also our brothers and sisters need us right now, too, so we can grow stronger as a country together. They did. They did. I can tell you it's, I understand sometimes. So, so just in case you guys didn't know, a lot of the Jewish community was pissed that it just didn't catch fire like that. But I, in defense of some of my colleagues, most of my colleagues, in a very slight way, because I'm not permitting it, they, 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 you know, they didn't want it to, quote, unquote, be a distraction. That's, that's that next step we have to take, okay? And it's not so much about, like, first of all, and I tell this to the Jewish community all the time when this topic is brought up, they should have never been brought into it, okay? You can't quote Hitler. Let's just put that as a rule. We can make that an amendment or something. Don't quote Hitler. You know what I mean? It's just common sense. But in a way, Deshaun was trying to do it to uplift, right, at the same time. One, that's not the type of thinking that we need to be thinking about in 2020. Second of all, it's, it's when somebody in our league messes up publicly, we have to understand, look at what we're doing, especially now in a pandemic. We are on tech, we're in using a technology, we're using a technological device to get a message out there. When we use that to get a message out there, it hits so many people, millions of people, especially in the NFL. It's the most powerful brand in sports in America. We have to, A, Sorry about my buddy right here, but I'll still keep my arm around him. Sorry about my friend. Yeah, I know he's made his personal thing. The Eagles made their own thing, their own comments. Um, they've dealt with it within their team, right, in their organization. But we have to be able to publicly put our arm around him because that's what I was kind of trying to, in a sense, right, COVID-19, social distancing, put my arm around him and say he messed up, but what he said was wrong. Nothing wrong with that. And it's crazy how there's so many people reaching behind the scenes. Like, and I just, I don't want, let's not do that. Don't send me a text. I, I don't want it to be for the likes either, but we have to, because the, the most important thing is we have to understand, like we represent a whole fan base, huge fan base. So when one of us speaks out and says something hurtful, that hurts a part of that fan base. I feel like it's our social responsibility to heal that, not so much to the point to where, you know, it's, it's hilarious when racists will tweet at me and say, hey, you better stop before I turn my TV off and you ain't going to make no money. Right. That's just dumb. Right. That's, that's not how it works, too. It's just the, you go ahead and turn your TV off, someone else is going to turn theirs on. Right. So it's just that, but, but do you get what I'm saying? We can't, we can't be hypocritical, one. But two, we also can't be afraid to say, hey, let me real quick throw it in there. The homie messed up, leave it at that, and let's find a way to remove him from the message, and let's help uplift somebody that we have hurt, one of our colleagues has hurt. There's, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that social responsibility. And from the text messages and the support, and also when we got back around each other in football, a lot of guys on the team said, hey, man, that was a good thing to do. This such and such guy wanted me to tell you that. This such and such woman wanted me to tell you that. And it was just... It was one of those type of things that I was like, okay, cool, I felt good because you know, as like 
and I don't really need to go into this because it's a waste of time, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of people on the black and brown end that turned their back on me because they felt like I was trying to draw attention away from that. Absolutely not. How can I draw attention away from something that's my own skin? Right. How can I draw something like I've experienced? Like I, my, my, my parents worked from the bottom up and I grew up around gangs and drugs and things like that. And you're going to try to tell me, and you, I don't understand police brutality. And you guys have read my other messages and heard my other messages, so I don't need to go into that. But you can't do that. You can't say this when I do so much and I spend one weekend trying to uplift somebody out of how many weekends are in a year. So you say that now, um, I guess obviously you kind of initiate that, put that into your foundation. Is that correct? On the When you're teaching the kids about social initiative right now, especially during this summer, obviously, because you had a lot of time. Yeah, I think it's, I haven't been, just so you guys know our programming, especially our mentoring programming stuff, is is really supposed to kick off. The whole thing is, is we just don't know how to, like, not every kid has a computer like we have. Right. Not every kid has a, that's the issue. To, to, in short, I haven't been, other than video messaging and things like that, and like writing, you know, um, email letters and things like that, I haven't really been able to speak to the kids yet about this, about, you know, social injustices, that topic. Every time we've talked to the kids, it was always talking about the importance of education, um, helping using sports and other things that you do, you know, if you're part of the band, you know, if you're in these club activities, there's so many different ways you can find, you know, you can use them to, to, to find a way to get your school paid for things like that, just opening their minds, especially in bringing it up. And we have our mentorship program in the past, but then COVID hit. So now we're, what, we're, we're, we're seven months away from that. No, not even that much. We're, we're a couple months away from that. So my future, just to, 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 to wrap that question up, my future, you know, plan when it comes to the kids talking about this type of stuff is one, teaching them how to keep themselves safe. Okay. Well, I'm going to let Kelsey jump in and then I'm going to say one last thing and uh, kind of go from that point. But uh, Kelsey, <laughs> so insightful. And I think just touching on COVID, of course, Daryl has talked about how you all are getting ready to play. We're all excited for the matchup. But of course, COVID has impacted sports leagues all across the country. We saw what happened with the NBA. They were able to go to a bubble. We saw it happen with baseball and they had this huge outbreak and we saw them trying to contain it. And now the NFL is preparing to play, but we've seen just different things, Zach. We've seen, you know, the lab tests in Jersey giving back inaccurate results. We've seen teams waiting a long time for the COVID test results. So as you prepare for your safety, I mean, one, do you feel safe playing? And two, do you feel like the right precautions are in place for you all to not only start the season, Zach, but hopefully finish the season? Yes, I do. I strongly do. Not, not for the point, not to the point to where I think we need to, create a distraction for America or anything like that, or just from a work standpoint, I, I, I think like if we're allowed to and able to, we need to try to get this show on the road because if we can do it, then other people can do it. That's like a source of like inspiration for other workplaces. Like this sucks, man. This is like for others. People are unemployed. People are waiting, you know, figuring out financial situations and stability that's that's looking at us on TV, looking at the NBA on TV, the MLB, 
I, I um, at first was nervous about it, not for my safety. Like I said, I just got a dog. And it's not like I want to downplay this virus at all. I really don't. I, I don't want to downplay it, okay? Um, but at the same time, it's, it, it's just not realistic for, for, for us. I, I strongly feel like we're going to have a season. I can't see how daily testing, telling guys to stay inside, putting like, like you can get fined, you can get in trouble now, right? If you're seen publicly and a lot of people in our cities, you know, they know who we are. So I, I know a lot of guys, especially on my team, they're just, they're being smart about it. They see their families and that's not the thing too, that we need to worry about. It's just about just being irresponsible about it. I personally think that, we're going to finish a season and we should. I really do. That's exciting. I know all the fans will love to hear that. And you got that new contract this year. So look, we want you to play it out, Zach. <laughs> I won't hand it over to Daryl. So I'm going to finish it out, but uh, Kelsey kind of took away what I was basically talking Sorry. about. <laughs> yeah, on the, uh, I mean, finishing out your year and the expect, expectations of what's going to happen this year. Again, I'm in Dallas. So, I mean, you know, today, yesterday, they were talking about, uh, okay, Jerry Jones is uh, – they're going to let the key, the players kneel, and a lot of people were upset about that. So, I mean, and then, you know, it's just there's, – there's a lot of uncertainty, but I think sports kind of brings bring us back together again. And I just kind of wanted your thoughts on it because – and your thoughts and encouraging words for players who are not able to be, let's just say players who not be able to play, let's just say HBCU schools who can't play and trying to get to the next level. And I mean, because of everything that's going on. And I just kind of wanted to, your thoughts, encouragement, and what they should do to the next level. Because I mean, right now, y'all got practice squads, which are what, 16 players on the practice squad now? And you got players who like Carr, Brandon Carr, who is on the practice squad, and he's been playing for, what, 10 years? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, I'm not going to give up. But I just, you know, I just wanted your thoughts, man. Yeah, man. Um, and a lot of those topics, first of all, when people ask me about the advice to the kids going through that, like sometimes I'm hesitant because it's like, man, I didn't have to go through that. But being in the National Football League now, and seeing the best stra- some of the best strategies that I've seen. I've, I've, I've talked to some guys who have been cut. You know, I've talked to some guys who have been traded. I've talked to some guys who have been released. It's, it's, one of those, it's one of those situations where you have to re- – seriously, anybody who's listening to this, like in a form of inspiration, especially athletes, you have to control what you can control. And unfortunately, a lot of college leagues – and a lot of, you know, those pathways, those leagues and pathways and that, that it takes to get here to the NFL have shut down momentarily, hopefully temporarily, not permanently, um, because of uh, COVID. I think sometimes that's for an image thing. I really do. I strongly feel that way. Um, I, I feel like it's, yes, we're caring about the safety of an unknown virus as well, but also – a lot of those leagues, they kind of showed themselves. They really showed 
rather than working it out, I think, honestly, I'm proud of the Pac-12, right? Didn't the Pac-12 just announced the other day that they're going to do testing and they're going to try to start it up? Is, is that news, guys? You guys are part of the media. Nod your head. Yeah, we heard that. Yeah, I was asking. I mean, I can ask Siri if you want me to, but um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where you have to be able to work around this. And I think that I think that um, it's you can't. I'm not, I'm not trying to be careful with my words, but it's just control what you can control. You have to work out. You have to go to school. You have to do these type of things. The NFL is going to operate with or without you, so you have to make yourself available for the NFL. If we're going to try to narrow it down in a message, that would be my message. You need to do whatever it takes to prepare. And for that, and if you're going to be like, well, then you're comfort seeking. Then you're seeking comfort. I can't give that to you right now. I, I, past that, I can't give that to you because no one under, no one knows what's going to happen. So control what you can control. So this is the last thing because I know Kelsey's got to go. She's got to jump on another call. Well, I appreciate you. But, uh, you know, again, we kind of talked about you being the first person from your place, Guan, to be drafted. And you also have James Agnew, which is the second one. Now, yeah. do we have a third one coming up anytime soon? Uh, yeah, he's, so he's, his family's from Saipan. Really, it was the same draft, too. It was the 2017 draft. He's a really good dude. Really good dude. We've actually, through all this stuff, we haven't met him. No, we took, we took a picture in uh, post-game, Browns versus Detroit, my rookie year, um, which was awesome. Seemed like a good dude, but I've heard nothing but good things about him. He's also with the Lions still. So um, I plan on getting him involved you know, from not only a B3 standpoint, but from, from back home in Guam in the future. Just COVID, man. So do we have any other new uh, players from your state that's coming so, in? From, from from the island of Guam? Yes, yes. There, there are some young talent. Um, there is a, there's a young there's a young boy running back, or he played running back in Guam. See, that's the thing. When you go out to Guam, and, and he was a baller. He was a boss. Like, he, he goes to San Jose State now. Um, but, like, he was, like, a man amongst boys out there on the film. Right. And even the, his, even his, even the players that were playing with him will say that, too. Like, yeah, he was, he was real. The development of the island of Guam and football and stuff like that is still picking up. And I've been honest uh, with the coaches out there. You know, there's a lot of the resources that they don't even have cameras yet for, to watch film. They don't? Um, Sometimes they're playing on like red. Uh, it's 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 like uh, dirt. It's it's red dirt. It looks like clay. Muds up. Like the fields are just. It's crazy. Which is, I feel like something I can help out in the future. And it's the conversations that we're having now as an organization. Whether that's now, um, we want to make sure you know to keep our mindset small and loving. And hopefully, B three picks up to a point to where I just renovate some of the football fields out there and give them something that they've never been able to do. That is a dream of mine. It really is down the road. And, and what is the percentage of kids from that area that go to college? It's, it's high. Kids go to college and stuff. Guam especially has a university and stuff. Um, and, and uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make my island sound like it's a third world country. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when it talks about football, like kids go to college. I don't know that yeah. stat. I will tell you this though, that they deal with, you know, some of the things is like, so a lot of the, the, the island's income comes from tourism. Right. Right, right now from COVID right now, it's, right. it's catastrophic right. in terms of business. But even in the past, 
like when you when you land on the island of Guam, the airport's about five minute drive from this this area called Tumon Bay. Okay, Tumon Bay is really really nice resorts, things like that. And my island's beautiful from an island standpoint, but in other areas, like they take care of that because that's where the tourists are going to be. So like a lot of it's two hours off the coast of Japan, so a lot of Asian tourists come out there. And, you know, it's really nice. They usually stay among in the bay and everything. And sometimes they don't even venture out to see the, how beautiful the rest of the island is. You know what I mean? And so it's crazy because you can go from Tumon Bay looking like a nice, you know, strip of sand and beach, like in Hawaii and things like that. And then you can get some people two minutes from there that don't even know what they're going to eat later that night. Oh, you don't? And, and it's, it's – that's the thing. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like that's that's where the when I go over there every time and 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 I immerse myself uh, uh, on on the island. I just at first because I've, I've been over a couple times um, before I got to the league before I got drafted, but it's 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 a really expensive ticket to get there. Oh, it is. Um, you know what I mean? It it is. It's it, it, so. With all that being said, it's a blessing to have Guam, you know, somewhat rest on my shoulders and Jamal's shoulders um, and the Chamorro people to, to, to really look up to what it is that I do and other great – there's other sports. There's some other sport athletes. And also just sometimes, too, and all in all, just a, a brown man that's got his education that, that's, that's doing something. If I see that kids idolize that, I want them to get that so that way they can elevate because, you know, as you know, it's talent has a big part and opportunity has a big part and not everybody's born to be a six foot nine offensive lineman. And I understand that. No, no, because they talked about you. They had to, uh, when you, when you got first drafted by the, the Indy, you kind of, you were saying you was having a hard time getting through the door. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm trying to tell you. It's, it's crazy on how when, every time I go back home to, to Guam, it's crazy how much the island is not made for me <laughs> at all. The chairs, you know, we have to do the big, I have to, I have to do the big boy check. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, let me check to see if this chair is stable enough before I sit on it. Yeah. I do that all the time out there. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. But wouldn't you, wouldn't that be, didn't you have a lot of people that was in your size in Guam? So I didn't grow up in Guam. I grew up in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. But my mom is from there. So like, so like that was a big pride about it. So I, I, I was baptized out in Guam when I was one. Um, we went out a couple more times and then I went out the, the, the time where I realized like I needed to take a responsibility for the island of Guam was unfortunately after my grandpa's funeral. Oh, okay. Out there. And he just, uh, he was so proud of me and the entire island was wearing, you know, USC stuff or knew who I was before I even introduced myself. So I felt that sort of not only fan fanship, but love, you know, and, and passion and support. So I started, you know, putting my grandpa's Guam flag over my shoulders when I was playing at SC post game. I asked the coach, I said, Hey, I don't want to make this about me. So I want to wait till post game. I just want to put it around my shoulders. And, you know, if you look up some of those pictures, it's, it meant so much to them. And they loved him. They they supported me through the draft. And they support me through my career now. And last thing, do you feel – so, again, I kind of go back to Kelsey. Kelsey talked about being prepared for this year. 
Do you feel like the NBA has a bubble? Do you feel that the NFL, and and we're going to get an understanding of that tomorrow. I mean, you know, I don't know if Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh bringing in in, uh, people in the stands? We are not in our first two home games. I think that's the official statement. Okay, because the Cowboys are. I don't know if you knew that or not. And I heard about that. Uh, what, yeah. what, how much percent of cow capacity 50%, are they doing? 50%. They would need the governor to get that done. And okay. so, um, and, and so on top of that, you know, a lot of the schools like University of North Texas is, is, is doing 50%. Because at first I was a season ticket holder with them. And I was like, and when all this came down, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go to the game, so I want my money back. And so they gave me the money back, but now they're saying being selected, but I'm like, still, I'm not going to go to the game right now because yeah. of everything is going on. Not to say that, I mean, the NFL, and I say all that because do you feel like the protocols now are in order for you all to be successful and you all have not, no problem? Because obviously y'all been playing, y'all been in season for about a month. And that, I mean, I don't think I've heard too many COVID coming out of NFL. Just why? <laughs> I mean, NFL got money, you know? I got mean, money. And it's not like they're hiding it. Right. It's, it's, it's easy for me to say because I'm in Pittsburgh. And, and as much as I love Pittsburgh, it's nothing compared to being in Miami or Los Angeles in terms of, like, how many people are out here and what a lot of things to do, a lot of temptation, I should say. Pittsburgh is, a, is, is, is an awesome city that circulates around bars and, and um, some other clubs and stuff, but really just the bar life, right. and pubs and taverns and stuff. And I, I have no business in being in that right now anyways, let alone with COVID. So I'm, I personally, bro, like I can be one of those kind of guys that can sit in this chair and play video games, call his family, get some work done for my foundation and realize I can get eight hours of sleep that night and wake up at 4 a.m. the next day. You know what I'm saying? But there are some idiots in every single league. There was people trying to sneak people into the bubble in the NBA. There are some idiots in the NFL. Yeah, we we found out about a couple of them (laughs) got dropped. That's for you to talk about, about, not me. Um... It's one of those situations, man, where, like, necessary business is what Coach T calls it. Yeah. We have to. We have to. You have to realize, like, you are going to get tested every day. If you don't have that, depending on your level of status on this team, it might cost you your job. Yeah. When they did that, bro, when they did that, when they put that harsh reality and, like, coaches like Coach T implement it for real. Yeah. And the NFL implements it's just it's common sense after that. And you know? so, last thing, how do you feel about some of the players who opt out of it? Two things. One, I will never comment about a man or woman who's Maybe trying to protect their family, who, who who protects their family. All right. I won't. I'm, I won't. Those people. Okay. The second thing, there are some people who are out of shape. Because the gyms were closed and they weren't going to the field. So they should have just taken Oh, they took that money. Right. I've said that publicly on Twitter. Don't get this twisted. A lot of those, <laughs> safety this, safety that. Da, 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 da. 
now the the safety about family, I'm not going to joke about that. Right, Please right, right. separate those two things. Because there are some dads out there who are just like thinking about their kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, we, have, we have a young lady in our office who works as a staff member. She's working from home um, a little bit, but she, she's pregnant. And she says, okay, I'm not coming into the office. I'm not talking about that at right. all. What I'm talking about is a lot of those dudes, not a lot, I'm not going to say a lot. Some of those dudes who opted out, you best believe it's because it's a comfortable check. One, they doubt that we're going to make it through a season anyways. And two, like, they weren't ready to show up. Well, I did find out they, you know, that money can be, will be taken away from them if they get yeah. yeah. So that's one of the things. And then, I mean, and with you, you know, you're in, you, you signed a one-year contract. So, I mean, uh, you know, your goal is to make it, do whatever you can to try to get that big contract next year. And I mean, 100%. that was on my mind. That was on my mind. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but anyway, man, I don't want to take you a lot, all your time. I want to say thank you for coming on Zach. I will send it to you. Uh, I'm going to, I'm about to hit this part anyway, but I look forward to probably hopefully connecting with you in, in during the season, just to kind of see where you are and how everything, especially after November the 3rd is, when everything kind of goes down on that situation, you know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I feel like it's like Super Bowl weekend that we're waiting for. I know, I know. I mean, we, you know, again, football starts tomorrow. It don't even – does it even feel like it? I mean, with you it probably is because you've been working out. But, I mean, you got – just like you said earlier, and I'll say this and then we'll go, is we got, we got base basketball, we got baseball, we got hockey, we got football. We got college football. Now we got hot. So, you know, I do some teaching on the side, and I was talking to some of the kids, and I was asking them today, you know, I know y'all been bored and everything. Y'all done pretty much hit Netflix and everything. And now, you know, I mean, again, sports brings us together. You know, we got so much going on. You know, we got a – it's just like, damn, which one, what do we work? What, what do we watch? Do we watch football? Do we basketball? And, I mean, obviously, we're, we're really excited about what's going to happen with the NFL because of, I mean, your commissioner has really taken a 360 from his point of view of being behind the players because he knows that those players, you all have a platform, and y'all make a difference. Without y'all, there's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I'm from Mississippi, and, and uh, when that player from Ole Miss said – it's time to change the – you remember that situation? Change the flag, and the coach is like, oh, we need that player because we, if we lose the player, we're going to lose. The coach is going to get lost. So they now know that they have a platform, and they got to use that platform the right way. And so, I mean, I'm glad you, you're doing that the same thing is putting your platform out because, I mean, you're going to need that to take you to the next level, you know. And, I mean, we got so much going on in the world right now. And I mean, so much division. And I mean, and you being young, I'm, a, I'm much older. I saw some of this stuff firsthand. You know, I saw it when I was at well, my You just place. said you're from Mississippi. Yeah. You realize I didn't leave the West. The furthest South I was going was Norman, Oklahoma. You know how excited I was when I was offered by Coach Saban in Tuscaloosa, but then my sophomore year in high school, but then my uncle brings it up like, hey, you know, you know, things are different down there. Oh, they are different. That was 2000, was sophomore 2010. 
Yeah. You know I mean, guys I talk to who, who who grew up in certain areas and they hear stuff like that. It's a little different on the coast. It's a little different. There's still there's still racism. There's still stereotypes. There's still social injustice. It just comes in a little bit of a different form, not as you know out there. Wow. I should say. But yeah, I'm already knowing, bro, and I like I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your kind words. Yeah, man, because it's just like, I mean, you being that age and taking it to another level because your platform, you you have a platform that that showcases people, that show people that everything those what's going on is wrong, and just like you said earlier, it took this long for everybody to wake up, you know. Crazy. This long, what would it, what, what, what would happen if Trump didn't come? If Trump didn't get elected, would we be in the same situation? With your uh, the kneeling and and getting upset, and, and now what McCall is saying, you know, I'm sorry, I let him down and uh, let him out of the league. Now he wants to get it. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I this is my my words. You don't have to say nothing. I. You know, after so many years, it's time to move on anyway, first of all. So, uh, but anyway, that, again, I know you got to get rested, ready for tomorrow. Uh, and uh, good luck in the season, man. Good luck in the season. And so, I appreciate you having me. I love to hit you back up in the fall after the, uh, uh, when y'all in the count in the mid after November, just to see what your thoughts are. And, and what has happened and everything, because, I mean, you have a story to tell. I mean, and you need to use that platform to do it, to uh, get it out right like that. And being with the Jewish stuff that you said, because, I mean, the first thing you do when you, I don't know if you know this, when you put on a, uh, when you go to uh, Google, that's the first thing that comes up, your comments on Jewish. I don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that don't go away, man. Because I mean, you you taking a stand for Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun is a quiet person, real quiet. He said, "Hey, he is what he is, man." But <laughs> all right, well, good luck, man. Thanks for having me, man. God bless. Reach out to Sarah. We'll set up something uh, for later on this year. Okay, thanks. Man. Thanks for listening to Talk Talk Sports Podcast with Daryl Duvall. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Join us for more next week. I'm a fight to the top till I'm number one.